You're listening to Practice Growth HQ. The podcast where thought leaders, industry experts and thriving practice owners reveal their very best tips, tools and strategies to help grow your healthcare practice faster. PracticeGrowthHQ.com. Your thriving healthcare practice starts here. Now here's your host, Angus Pryor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Practice Growth HQ. Whether you're a dentist, physio, doctor, or other healthcare professional, we talk all about what's required personally and professionally to get your practice growing faster. Now, today, we're going to talk all about the fine art of listening to your patients with my guest, Frederick Dudek. Now, when Frederick Dudek is not turning ideas into millions of dollars in global sales, the award-winning author, speaker, and top sales exec spends his time inspiring others to achieve their highest business goals, much of which is covered in his business in his book, Business Superfans, which we're going to talk about today. All the way from Cave Creek in Arizona, welcome, Frederick. Hey, welcome, Angus. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Quite exciting. Yeah, good stuff. Now, Frederick, we like to start with the fast five, kind of quicker questions, quicker answers, so people can get to know you quickly. Yep. Question one, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in a town called Warren, Michigan. Uh, it's a state. Originally, I was born in Bordeaux, France, but under a totalitarianism environment, my parents, I was screaming that I didn't want to leave France. They stuck a pacifier on me and said, shut up, you're going. And so I grew up in a, in a metro Detroit area suburb called Warren. Oh, there you go. Question number two, favorite book besides your own? Uh, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, it's a classic, isn't it? It's a, yes. it's the sort of book that people, frankly, probably should read annually. Um, yep. Question number three, what's one of your superpowers? One of my superpowers is... Um, Getting people to um, do things that they didn't think they could do. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Question number four, something that you wish your 20-year-old self knew. Uh, geez, good question. Something my 20-year-old knew is um, always have a vision and go after it and never lose sight of that vision. Okay. That's that's sage advice right there. Question number five, something that you're grateful for. Uh, I'm uh, grateful for my companionette who's uh, been with me for 10 years. And uh, her and I um, have um, gone through ups and downs and uh, we're still madly in love with one another. And we're planning to explore numerous countries together. So, okay, good stuff. Now, Frederick, before we get into uh, the fine art of listening to your customers, your clients, and we're going to talk about your book as well, why don't you give us the, uh, I believe they call it the Cliff Notes version, the Cliff Notes version of your background that led you up until this point? Okay. Well, um, I started out as being a draftsperson and uh, doing drafting, designing, you know, fixtures and stuff for the automotive industry and uh if you remember, well, you may not, but uh, b back in 1982, there was a car called uh, the Escort. It was made by Ford Motor Company. Yeah, I do. 
And I'm the guy that designed the spot wall guns that spot welded all the body panels and making sure the tips were perpendicular. And I had the car on a full-size vertical drafting board. And it was my job to make sure that the car could be welded together. And uh, that really taught me a lot about 3D and geometry. And uh, I was selected by the company to uh, learn a computer-aided design uh, software application. And I did that for about a year. And uh, real quickly, I uh, I heard through uh, a friend that I went to school with that this computer-aided design company was actually looking for engineers because it was an emerging market. Mm. So I um, basically got put together a, a resume and uh, submitted it and got called, got the interview, got the job, relocated to Chicago. I became initially, I was not too good at uh, presentations because I was more of an engineer, mm. but I was very good at uh, training. And I ended up training pretty much a lot of large companies like Eaton Corporation, Westinghouse, et cetera, throughout the Midwest. And I got uh, the company was looking for salespeople to internally. And I rose my hand and got picked. And I got six months of pretty high end sales training paid for by the company, commuting me back from Chicago to Boston. And my first year of sales, I won some awards and I've never looked back and worked my way up to being in charge of global sales and kind of became known for the guy that if you want to get something on the market, you go to me. And I, I was given a, the assignment. That's what moved me to Arizona initially. And uh, I was said, okay, here's the product. Nobody knows about it. And go. And so I set up a reseller channel around the world. I took that product from zero to three million net to the company in a three-year window. And uh, then I got some other companies that approached me and says, "Hey, we'll pay you to, you know, to take our product and get it on the map." And that's what you wrote. Wow, good stuff. And, uh, I came up with, uh, you know, the 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 idea of the book was basically just a collection of things that I've done in the past and you know, what propelled my, to my success. Okay. Well, Frederick, one of the things that you said uh, when we were chatting before we got on air is that, um, and we're going to talk about the fine art of listening to customers, that as a, a kind of a techie guy, you know, you've got a more of a technical background that the you weren't the guy to be going and uh, I forget the words you use, but you know, that your, that your, your selling was all very low key and it was much more about listening to the customer. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because the truth is that, uh, for many of our listeners as healthcare professionals, they're very similar. You know, they've got a, mm -hmm. they've got a technical background. They don't actually like even the word selling, many of them. And yet they all recognize the listeners of this podcast that if you don't sell anything, well, you're out of business. So tell us about the fine art of listening to your customers. Well, it's um, it's it, it's listening, but a little bit more. And um, I kind of created the reverse sell. Uh, and that's basically work to sell backwards. So as an example, I would turn around and say, Angus, when are you looking to be, you know, with this technology or this business, or in this case, you're talking about dental practices, when do you want to be profitable with this practice? And we we say, okay, well, we're thinking most answers would be that, well, I'm thinking of buying, a, you know, some kind of solution in the next month or so. And I said, well, that's irrelevant. 
let's go back to where do you want to be in, in a couple of years? And then it says, well, you know, when do you want to be profitable? And then we start working it backwards. Okay, well, what are the things that could be done? So when I was selling the manufacturing software, I would turn around and says, okay, well, first off, we got to get it. We got to get training. So you got to get it ordered, shipped, installed, set up. Then you got to get your people trained. Then you're going to be running two systems simultaneously. And then you eventually start weaning one off because that's the real world. And so I'd set up a whole timeline. That says, okay, to meet your date of when you want to be profitable with this particular investment, uh, based upon your timeline, Angus, we need to get a purchase order out this afternoon so that we can meet your timeline that you just created on the marker board with me, mm-hmm. uh, to it. And they would be like, uh, okay. And it would be done. So part of it was really what was, is, you know, in the case, I'll, I'll put this into the dental because I worked with the, actually a chiropractor. It's a little different, but I helped grow their business. No, no, we've got, we've got a number of different healthcare professionals listening to the show. Okay. So what we, we, we implemented was a, you know, talking about the customers. What are some of their objectives? What are their, their health objectives? What are their long-term visions? And then start talking more about the long-term and accomplishing the long-term mm-hmm. and not so much about well, you got to sign up for this particular program right now mm-hmm. because the program sells itself because it's mm-hmm. the vehicle that's going to help them accomplish the long-term goal. So you, there's no selling really involved. It's like, well, to accomplish this, if we put this particular plan in place for you, we're going to get there. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the, the potential customer says, well, yeah, that does make sense. Okay, well, let's get the card and let's get you set up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's really... It's fun. I look at it as, as, as fun because you're not selling. You're really helping them get to where they want to go. And you just, the, the product or the service is the tool to get them there. And yeah. all it is is. No, I like that approach. And I, and I think, um, you know, frankly, that is quite transferable to the healthcare professionals listening to this. I mean, uh, you know, whether you're a dentist or a doctor or a physiotherapist or whatever, like, in a sense, saying to your patient sitting in front of you, you know, where would you like your, you know, insert health uh, to be uh, in a year's time or two years' time? Like I, I see a physiotherapist quite regularly. And uh, if he said to me, well, Angus, you know, where would you like your your strength or your stamina or whatever to be in a year's time? I mean, it would be, it would get you thinking, and you're absolutely right, then all he's doing is help me discover my own goals. Uh, and and therefore, once I've enunciated those, which in many cases people haven't even thought about really, or maybe only semi-thought right. about, then then the sort of next steps, it's 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 almost like, well, hey Fred, you know, what can you do to help me achieve the goals I've just told you? Right. The exactly. other part the other part that I like about that is I've I, I coined a phrase a few years ago, which is if you say it, it's debatable. If they say it, it's gospel. Right. And, be, and because they're the ones who've, who've expressed to you, perhaps for the first time, what their goals are, then um, it becomes the perfect thing to go back and say, well, you know, uh, Frederick, you've told me that your goal is to dot, 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 you know, um, almost like what do you see as the best way forward? And it's like, well, can you help me, Dr. Angus, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's they're they're now buying. You're no longer selling. Yeah, you've changed. You changed the dynamics of it. 
Yeah, and look, as I say, I think honestly, every single listener to this is like, that sounds much more like me in healthcare. I don't want to be selling. I don't like the any associations that I'm somehow trying to push an agenda that's my own and not my patients. And of course, the healthcare professionals have, you know, got various oaths that they've made about, uh, you know, right. do no harm, etc. But I can tell you from a customer point of view, if I go and see, and it's fair to say that what you're proposing, I don't think I've had a single healthcare professional ever ask me about. And yet if they, yeah, it's like, what do you want to be? You know, I I go and see a GP reasonably regularly. I realise I'm a bit atypical. I certainly go and see my dentist twice a year. And if they said, well, Angus, where do you want your smile to be in a year's time or maybe five years' time? You know, as you get a few more grey hairs, you start wondering about where's your smile going to be when you're, you know, 60, 70, 80. Uh, It becomes a much more powerful. What else can you tell us about that? I mean, in a sense, you've just laid out the whole technique very simply, but I'm sure there's some nuance there. What are are other things that the listeners can take from this, this idea of listening to the customers? Well, it's, it's, you know, people are people, they have lives, they have ambitions, they have goals. And so, you know, like we, when we talked a little, you know, before we got started, I talked about that IT manager and, you know, his goal was to, as his company was growing, his personal ambition was to be the IT manager for all the different organizations that they were buying and acquiring, et cetera. So I really looked at facilitating and helping him accomplish that goal. So it's the same thing if you've got uh, patients or et cetera, you know, they may have a job, they may own a business, and it's learning a little bit more about them as a person and what are their personal goals uh, besides, you know, what, why they're there, but, and then figuring out ways that you can help them uh, or connect them with somebody that could, that could be a benefit for them is huge. Uh, and it doesn't cost anything. It's just, it's just good, goodwill and it goes around and comes around. And so you, you put it out to the universe. The universe gives it back 10 times. And I found that to be very, very true many times is, you know, I, I meet with people and I've met, meet them in networking events and meet them for a coffee. And it's like, well, what is it that you want to, you know, what's your goal? What's your mm. ambitions? What's your plans? Mm. And, you know, we may never do business together, but. I may run into somebody that may use their service, but because I took the time to learn about them, you know, I've given them referrals. Mm. So it's the same thing. Imagine if you're going into your dentist or chiropractor or whatever it is, and they, and all of a sudden they says, Hey, you know what? I was talking to somebody else and they could use your service. Mm. Can I give them your information? That person is going to be like, Holy cow. And they're going to tell all their friends, wow. My, you know, my dentist just gave me a referral that generated me X thousands of dollars of business. Mm. Huge. That's mm. an interesting one. Um, I was at a presentation on Friday uh, where someone who's an expert in this space was talking about patient tension. And the reality is <laughs> he asked a question that I thought was a great question, but certainly made a few people... Um, stop and think, which was how big would your practice be if you'd never, ever lost a patient? Uh, and, I, you know, the people who are participating, they're like, oh, probably twice as big, maybe three times as big. Someone said 10 times as big, um, you know, which is a pretty sobering thought. And, of course, you know, 
people move and so on. I mean, I moved uh, interstate last year, so I, you know, they wouldn't expect me to go back across the border. I, you know, I moved a ten-hour car drive. I'm not going back across there to to go and see mm-hmm. my dentist. But it just, it just, it's quite a sobering thought. The other one that I often do with clients is I will ask them to identify who are the clients they have, who are the patients they have, who are their kind of top spenders. Not, not because it's all about generating income for the business, but those who are the top spenders are the people who trust them. You know, they they vote with their wallet. It's like a proxy for trust. And um, I've asked the question that you just posed, Frederick, which was like, well, you know, what do you know about these people? Kind of, what do you know about them other than the set of teeth that's in front of you or the, you know, the torn hamstring that's presenting itself to you? Uh, mm-hmm. And usually, fortunately, they do. But uh, one of the points made by the speaker on Friday is like, how can you expect people to have great retention to keep coming back and seeing you if they just feel like they're sort of a patient rather than being a person? Well, absolutely. That's, that's, that's correct. And that's one of some of the things I talk about in, in the book, creating business super fans. And what I've with, with that is not only do I talk about customers, but I also talk about employees, team members. And I also talk about business alliance partnerships, which you really people don't talk about because they're all really intertwined. If you mm. stop and think about it. So mm. to your point about the, the customers, Part of it is if a customer doesn't feel appreciated and and recognized, then doesn't matter what, they're going to go someplace else. Mm-hmm. Because as human beings, and this is one of my quotes, is we'll crawl through broken glass for appreciation and recognition. Mm, okay, that's interesting. And so when you, you know, you, you got that customer uh, that, or that patient that's coming in regularly. And, you know, you can, sometimes it's nice to just, hey, you know what, really appreciate you being a customer. Um, recognizing them on their birthdays. I mean, people don't realize it, but that's a really simple, mm. but gigantic tactic to stay in contact with the customer. I mean, I, I've got a lawyer, uh, friend that I also still do some work with, a consulting aspect, and he emailed me today. Just thanking me for the sweet good goodies and very thoughtful. I sent him a card with some some uh, treats in there for him for a birthday. Physical card, not an email, not mm. an e-card, but a real thing. Mm. And you know that's how you keep a customer. He's been my customer for ten years. You know, it's the little things are the big things. Yeah, and and I think your your point about physical cards well made because um, by inference, if I get a physical card from someone. What that tells me is that person's gone to that bit of extra effort. Um, you know, they could, they could have sent me an email in five seconds and who knows, maybe they automated it and they actually hadn't thought about me at all. But when I get a physical card in the mail, that means, oh, okay, well, that person's actually thinking about me. Now, Frederick, yeah. we, we've alluded to business super fans, which is your book. Tell us about that. Well, um, this is the, the cover of the book. So people can see creating business super fans. Yeah, that's good. And, and, uh, and that's me and my companionette with our faces painted. Okay. So just like, uh, you know, uh, international football, you know, you've got the super fans that got their faces painted oh, and got I the see. banners I and see. stuff. So that's why I took that a page right out of their book. And my idea came as well. Why can't businesses create super fans 
that are diehard fans of promoting that business. And then I did a lot of research onto it. And I realized that there's people that, 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 uh, what I would call silos of information. So just like you mentioned, the guy, you know, talked about customer retention, but that's really a silo. If you really stop and think about it, because, you know, your employees or your team, uh, are the face to the customer. So you've got to make sure that the team is good. And then there's people that are right about employee retention, motivation, not, but that's another silo. And nobody ever really talks about business alliance partners, complementary businesses. And so what I did is I combined all three because at the end of the day in the book, they all three intertwine. And so, you know, just to give you an idea of some of the, the uh, I'll run through the chapters real quick, but they're self kind of explanatory is when I, when I read it is okay. So chapter one is, is, uh, it all begins about prospecting. So it's a, for a new business. How do I get customers? And if it's an existing business, how do I find new customers? Mm. Then, uh, why follow up is super important because people meet people and connections, but then the business card goes into the file and there's no follow up. Uh, thank you builds a bond of trust. Thank you. So, so important. It's amazing when. You know, you get a business that comes to your house or business and, and does service and you don't hear from them again. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, wait a minute, that, you know, there's an example of not retain, retaining a customer. Um, getting personal with birthday greetings. We just talked about that. Uh, create an environment of appreciation. You know, that's something that's really important. But what's unique about this is all in each chapter, each chapter talks about all the three different groups and things to do for each specific group and software tools that are recommended for those things I talk about if if that is needed. Uh, Just tell us us about the three different groups again. uh, You've got your employees. Yeah. You've got your customers. And then I call your business alliance partners. Okay. Complementary businesses. So think of a simple example that everybody will get is you got a painting and a flooring guy. The two go together. Yeah. Yeah. And so the painting guy refers to the flooring guy. The flooring guy refers to the painting guy. But now if the team that goes out there to do, does the actual work, does a poor job, it, it affects both of them. Likewise, if the flooring guy is giving the painting guy all the referrals, from the projects he's getting, but the paying guy isn't reciprocating, that partnership is going to go in the toilet pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's, interesting so, say, it's interesting you say that. I've, um, uh, I do, in addition to working with healthcare professionals, I'll call them general, you know, like general practitioner, general dentist, et cetera. Sure. Um, I work with a bunch of specialists and, um, in some fields, the specialists are having to work harder and harder. In Australia and in the US, mm-hmm. basically every single year, the ratio of dentists, doctors, physiotherapists to the population gets higher. So in other words, there's there's more and more dentists per head. There's more and more doctors and physios and so on. Uh, and the other trend that we see in dentistry in one direction and curiously in veterinary in another direction is a trend towards the um, dentists themselves referring less work to the specialists because they do more in-house. Whereas mm-hmm. cur- curiously in veterinary, it's, you know, these days you can have a, uh, you know, like a dog psychologist, a dog cardiologist, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But it was just the, the comment from the specialist 
where they are now effectively actively courting their referring dentists because there's this increasing competition uh, and they recognise that a sort of symbiotic relationship is absolutely essential. Hey, Angus here. How would you like to speed up the growth of your healthcare practice? For the first time, we're inviting you to come live on the show as we dissect your business and identify the ways to get your practice growing faster. You'll get expert advice and simple-to-implement tools and tips while the listeners share the journey with you. If this sounds like you, then visit www.practicegrowthhq.com slash live and enter your details. If you make it, we'll be in touch. Now let's get back on with the show. Absolutely, right. But you got to cultivate that relationship. You got to maintain that relationship. And it's got to be bi-directional because if it's one direction, like I mentioned, it'll fall apart. How do so, you, so in the, in the scenario that I mentioned, how do you create that bi-directional? If the, say, for example, a specialist who's listening and they are largely dependent on the, the general physician, whatever it is referring to them, how do you create that bi-directional? Well, you you've got to meet with them. I mean, it, it, it's you you got to you got to build a relationship. It goes down to basically people like people that you know that they they like and, and get along with. So you've got to build that relationship. You got to get together, you know, once in a while, uh, casually uh, talk about their business, uh, what you can do to help their business. It's about them. It's not about you. Okay. You know, it, it's when you when you focus on look, what can I do to help grow your practice? Okay. It's going to reciprocate automatically because now it's like, wow, this is turning into a partnership. This is kind of a pretty cool and, and, and it, it grows where it falls apart is again, when it becomes one sided where, okay. okay, I'm the specialist. I'm referring to all this to the, to the doctor. Uh, but I'm not getting anything back where I get one once in a blue moon. Then that becomes, you know, now it becomes like, really? It, this is, this isn't working for me and it falls apart. Uh, likewise, if the service that's being offered isn't delivered, then that also creates a f- falling apart because now it's affecting my reputation as my business because I'm the one that referred you. So it's very important that that really stays connected. Mm. Look, I, we should we should spend a few more moments on this because every single healthcare professional has got the potential for some form of reciprocal arrangement. That's the reality. If you're a chiropractor, you know, maybe you're getting referrals from a, uh, I mean, it it could be a naturopath, it could be a doctor, whatever the case may be. Well, that's, that's where I, you know, I'll continue on to chapters because it'll make sense. You know, the next chapter after rec, uh, appreciation is give them what they crave, recognition. Mm. So, you know, if I turn around and says, Angus, thanks a lot, really appreciate this thing, that's you and I. If I turn around and says, hey, to my my audience, you know, my my customer base, for example, mm. is Angus really helped grow my business in this last year, and I really am grateful for our partnership. That changes that just just like that. That changed the dynamics because now it's you feel elevated, you feel mm. edified, you know, and so now you're like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. You know, this this thing is this is I got to do something back, and, and it and it just creates a, it creates an energy. Uh, you know, I talk about retention, how it saves you money. 
you know, the onboarding and of employees, people, you know, it's just, it's a huge cost, retraining, mm-hmm. the loss of productivity of the person that's training, et cetera. And of course that affects customers and that affects business partnerships. Um, one here that's quite really important that people really never think about is the unexpected extras, as I call them, you know, as uh, go beyond expectation with unexpected extras, where you do something above and beyond, you don't charge for it. It's just something that you did because it was the right thing to do, or it was, you know, it was just something that you wanted to make that particular person feel good. Uh, an example, uh, this past Saturday, I went to buy some steaks at a brand new butcher shop. So I uh, went there and uh, bought a couple of uh, steaks and I come home and I'm going like, man, that, these are expensive. You know, I paid over a hundred dollars US dollars for them. Wow. And I'm going, you know, for two of them, I'm going, that's, I think I paid. So I go, I, I remember it saying $25 and I'm seeing, well, no, it's 30, 35, 99. So I go back, you know, cause it's only like a half a mile from my place and I go there and I says, I think I got overcharged. And the guy goes, Oh my God, you did. You know, our system screwed up and, and we're brand new. You know, things happen. So he says, it gave, gave me the credit back, gave me a bottle of wine and gave me a cheesecake as a dessert. Huh. That was the unexpected extra. And so actually I went back and gave him two signed books as my thank you. And, you know, but more importantly, I'd built relationships and they built the relationship and they created a super fan out of me because I'm just sharing this story. Yeah, 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 it's interesting. That is interesting. I do like that. So, um, cause I, that's what I was going to ask you about the opportunity to go the extra mile. I mean, one of it sounds like, frankly, where you screw up and you, um, you know, most people will accept that, uh, what do they say to err as human to forgive divine? I mean, humans, we make mistakes, but that right. in a sense, that's an opportunity, isn't it? In a relationship to actually really go that extra mile and turn what could have been. Frederick telling us about his bad experience with the butcher, and then suddenly he's telling us about a great experience. Mm-hmm. Can- so it's it's you know I'll put it uh, is into uh, you know a dental is that you know for example uh, you know giving him some you know let's say something went a little array or whatever you know hey your free checkup come back and I'll give you free teeth cleaning it's just something something that just goes above and beyond it's unexpected where that person goes. Wow. And, and they're, they're, you know, dumbfounded for a minute because they're going, did that just really happen? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where you, you convert that person right then and there into a super fan because they're going to tell their family. They're going to tell mm-hmm. their friends. Uh, you know, it's like, wow, look, this is what happened. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. And that's energy. And that energy just go, it continues. Now, let me, let me uh, pose a question as a devil's advocate. I'm not. I'm not endorsing this view. I'm just asking a question that some people might. They say, well, Frederick, if I, um, if I'm always going the extra mile, you know, like it's, it's going to cost me. It's, you know, all this extra cost for me to do that. What would be your response to that? It's marketing. Okay. It's simple. It's just good marketing. It's clever marketing. It's cost effective marketing. It's cheaper than putting ads out. It's it, it, because word of mouth and you get something, you know, my, my next chapter's reviews is the new word of mouth. Mm. And that person's going to go and write a phenomenal review, uh, for you. That's a word of mouth. That's an endorsement. That's, you can't buy that kind of marketing. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I was uh, with my wife, um, I think last weekend 
And we went to a coastal town not that far from here, an hour 20, and she had, of course, checked the reviews before booking into a restaurant. We do all that. All of us do that today. We, we do do that. But here's the curious part. So we went to the restaurant in question and, you know, I don't know, maybe they were having a bad night or whatever, but the vibe, the energy of the place, at least in relation to us, is we've got a really crappy table right up against a counter where, you know, there was people sort of backing into us the whole time. And then, um, you know, there was sort of cocktails being made, but they were closing at a certain time. And when I went and tried to order something, the guy was very unhelpful and really just trying to get out of there. And I'm I'm a relatively mild-mannered individual, Frederick, but on this occasion, I saw red. So I, I walked back to my wife and I said, we're leaving. Uh, and I walked out of the restaurant. We, you know, we, we were... We were away by ourselves, like ready to have a very nice time at the uh, down by the coast. And so what happened is we walked into another restaurant uh, and we had a fantastic time. And I left them a gushing five-star review of the other place. I, I wasn't vindictive. I didn't go and throw the other guys under the bus. But, you know, just in those few moments... Uh, we could have stayed there. We could have spent a bunch of money. We could have had a great time. But in those few moments of an interaction with two different people, that was like that opportunity was gone. And then we walked out and then suddenly uh, a, a really positive experience at another place. And that's why that's why I kind of put this book together, because that's a perfect example of customer and employee and the employee failed. Uh, and did not recognize the situation properly, cost them a customer, uh, and you're just now also not mentioning a name, but you're basically, I'm sure, to your friends, and we don't need to mention a name now, but you've mentioned your experience, uh, the bad experience, Uh, so it it proves my point that, you know, that that's that's, all three are really intertwined, and you really got to Make sure that all three are working. Yeah, you look, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I asked you the question before about some people saying it's a cost, but uh, that is, that's, um, Frederick and I are aligned on that. That's not the way I look at it. I say, well, if if that's an opportunity to provide something special for people, and you know, for the bottle of wine and the cheesecake, it was relatively inexpensive. You know, and there'd be things you could do at your practice that would be relatively inexpensive, but the as, you, as Frederick alluded to, people will crawl through glass. What did you say for a compliment? Broken, or? broken people will crawl through broken glass oh, for appreciation and recognition. And yeah. everybody I asked the question is, is yes. Yeah. So in other words, for you to demonstrate a recognition for someone by just going that extra mile, um, you're speaking into the conversation that's happening in their head, which is, you know, at some subconscious level, it's like, I want to feel special. I want to be recognized. And then yeah. suddenly, uh, you know, they're telling these stories to a whole bunch of others. Yeah, it's like the employee, you know, uh, going above and beyond and, and taking care of a, a situation with a customer or a patient or whatever. And you, as the owner, recognize that and you stop and you, you know, and you, hey, you know what? This is really great. Here's a here's a, a gift card for Amazon, you right. know, because you went above and beyond. That person's going to be like, "Holy cow!" They recognized that I did this, mm. and and now they feel good. And what happens is it, it 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 gets it catches on because other team members of that company are going to go, "Wow, 
Susie got, uh, you know, got recognized because it was recognized in front of everybody. Mm. I want that recognition. Mm. And everybody starts upping their game. It just, it, it's just a natural deal, but it, it takes that. Uh, the other part is, you know, grow expen- exponentially through referrals. And that's why I talk about the super fans is a super fan is going to be promoting that business, whether it's an employee that says, man, I work at this awesome company. Let me tell you what's well with this company. And they're telling all their friends and family. Mm. You got the customers that says, wow. And the patients that says, you know, this place takes care of me. They take good care. They got great service. Uh, you know, I left them a five-star review and I'm telling everybody about it. the same thing with the business partner. Mm. It's, it's, last, I, I, I've heard it said, sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah. you know, Treat your employees as well as you would like them to treat your customers. Right. Yeah. It, it goes, that's hand in hand. You want them to become super fans Absolutely. of your business. And the, uh, the chapter before the last one is action is rooted in gratitude. So you've got to express gratitude. That's really important, uh, about that. And that goes around being grateful for your team members, being grateful for your customers, doing customer appreciation. And the last chapter is game time. Okay. Now that you read this book, let's do something about it. Yeah. Uh, Cause a lot of people read a book and says, Oh, great book. It goes yeah. on the shelf and yeah. that's the end yeah. of it. Yes. But what yes. we did different is we, it's at the end of each chapter, there's a question that's asked and that questions rates you from zero to 10 on how you think you're at from that particular chapter for all the chapters. And then what we created was unique was the super fan scorecard where you take each chapter and you put your dots in based upon where your score is, you know, and then the superstar is right there. And you'll end up most likely with a dilapidated wheel because right. it's not right. perfectly round. Yeah. Well, then this whole guide, which is free uh, off the website, gives you in things and action steps. And you got a, a deal here where you can do the action steps to go ahead and correct those things and improve on your recognition, improve on your uh, gratitude aspects and, and how to do that stuff. Wow. Well, that is very thorough. Well, look, Frederick, I feel like, uh, you know, you and I, we could spend a lot more time discussing this, but unfortunately, our, this podcast is drawing to a close. Um, mm-hmm. The things that I take from this, the super fans and and frankly, listeners, you probably should get hold of the book and we'll talk about how to do that in a minute. But from super fans that recognizing that your employees, not just your customers, but your employees as well as your business alliance partners, you know, your referrers, that they can all be super fans for you. And, you know, one would imagine if you've got all of those, you know, working together, that the only way is up. Is this a fair call, Frederick? That's uh, a 100% fair call. I mean, just imagine that your super fans as your sales force and your marketing machine, and you're not paying for it. They're happy to do it. They're energized to do it because they believe in you. They support you and they want you to be successful because you care about them. Yeah. And look, I really do think, um, this is a, this is a, an ethos of philosophy that sits very comfortably in healthcare, you know, as, as we've already alluded to. Uh, healthcare professionals don't like selling. They don't like feeling salesy, but they are at the end of the day, they're carers, healthcare. And right. so, um, you know, helping the employees, customers and business alliance partners, uh, get into this super fan, you know, mode is, uh, that, that can only be good. Frederick, I, for people who want to get hold of the book, what should they do? 
Uh, they can do two things. They can go to Amazon.com. The book is available there. It's also on, you know, on the various eBooks like Apple Books, etc. So you can get the eBook version. Yeah. You can also get the printed copy from Amazon.com, as well as you can go to the website, which is BusinessSuperfans.com, and of course they'll buy the book through Amazon through there. But at the same time, they can get the, uh, as I mentioned before, oh, they the can viruses. get the free printed scorecard. The scorecard's in the book, but this is a little bigger yeah. uh, than the book. The other thing that they can get from the website is uh, to help grow their business is uh, an avatar, uh, customer avatar worksheet. And I spent quite some time going through this and, and, uh, it's quite comprehensive because it not only helps you, uh, define who your target audience is so you can do your marketing, but it wells as it helps you create your elevator, elevator pitch. So when you're talking to somebody, you can actually have a condensed, uh, uh, messaging to that particular individual. Good stuff. So businesssuperfans.com. Is that correct? Yep, businesssuperfans.com. I'm rolling out a community as well to help people with accountability and, and questions and such. Uh, so that'll be coming out shortly. It's built, but I just got to get it, a few more things in it. Uh, and uh, again, on Amazon.com, Apple Books, et cetera. Awesome. Well, look, Frederick, we really appreciate your time today. I think there's some Thank great you, there's some great stuff there for the listeners. As I say, um, this may not be be a book necessarily written with healthcare in mind, but the truth is I, I know a lot of healthcare professionals. I think this message sits very nicely. So once again, Frederick, really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Angus. Thank you very much. All right, everyone. So we've covered a lot in that interview, haven't we? And while knowledge is great, as Frederick and I have been discussing, it's really that applied knowledge that makes all the difference, doesn't it? So my question to you today, as I ask you every week, is what is one initial step you can take right now as a result of what you heard today? Make sure you go and do that now before you go into the next thing. Finally, if you got some value from today, I'd really appreciate if you'd head to where you heard this show and leave us a lovely five-star rating to give us the encouragement so we can bring you more great content each week on Practice Growth HQ. Thanks for listening to another info-packed episode of Practice Growth HQ with Angus Pryor. Any links mentioned, along with an entire transcript of the show, can be found at practicegrowthhq.com. And to make sure you never miss another episode, Go now to Apple Podcasts or wherever you heard this show and hit subscribe.